It happens here, and it finishes here. <laughs> Two men enter, one man leaves. I will roll the record up and going to smoke it. That right there is a logical fallacy. It's a double album. Um, rather than like jump around and talk about any news or any other albums, we were just going to basically discuss Arcade Fire tonight. Um, if you, uh, there's no way that you're listening to this and you don't know who Arcade Fire is. Uh, but if you don't, uh, basically this band uh, formed a little collective out of uh, Canada, I believe. Is it t- Toronto or Ontario? Or is it Quebec? Montreal. Montreal, yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> out of Montreal. Eventually we'll go through all the Canadian cities. That's right. <laughs> it's not accidentally racist at all. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so they formed and like in the early 2000s. Um, they played uh, just hell amazing shows uh, and got a whole lot of buzz. It, well, most times they were touring around with like you know, 12 people. Um, this was a large uh, band. And they just made a giant, joyful sound. Um, their EP uh, came out, and that sort of gave everybody an idea of what to expect. And then they sort of dropped the bomb with uh, their first album, Funeral, um, which, I mean, to this day, I think is one of my favorite albums. Um, it dealt with, like, death in their family, and it dealt with it in a very real way, and, and it, which is a lot of the stuff that they deal with uh, in all of their music. Uh, followed that up with Neon Bible, um, received... I think a lukewarm reception when it came out, but ultimately uh, the songs bore out on stage to be uh, just monsters and uh, sort of like instant, instantly got absorbed into their catalog as classics. Uh, and then the third album three years ago, The Suburbs, um, people call it a surprise. I don't know why, because there's nothing else even remotely good out that year, but it, it won the uh, Grammy of the Year uh, for Best Album, and people we're all confused, like, who's Bonnie Bear, except it was now <laughs> who's Arcade Fire, um, which leads us to now. Uh, I would say uh, this is the most anticipated release of the year. Yes, Paul? Madeline? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, it depends on who you ask. I mean, Kanye put something out this year. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z put something out this year. We got new releases from uh, from Katy Perry and Lady Gaga. Like, there's a <laughs> lot of... <laughs> This is not going to sell as many copies as a lot of those. <laughs> no. All right. Um, that's true. That's true. Well, I guess in indie circles, can we say that? 
Yeah, but I, you know, and I guess jumping right in right here, that I think that's part of the problem is this is the album where they had to traverse the distance between being indie big mm-hmm. and just being big. big. Yeah, I mean, this went from music critics and indie rock fans and some others are anticipating the suburbs to you got album of the year everyone's anticipating this nbc's giving you 30 minute concert specials mm-hmm. after saturday night live uh stephen colbert is giving you half of his show and uh, you know it's it's, it's a play a it, 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 it's a it, major like pr push yeah and it's not something you know when you got your 12 person band doing that that's that's a lot, and it's not something that they're really used to. Mm-mm. No, no, and, and it shows. Uh, well, even, I would say, like, even before the, you know, just the past few weeks leading up to the actual release, their whole guerrilla marketing campaign with the graffiti everywhere, mm-hmm. like, that, for me, made me more excited than, like, any of the appearances or anything. Right. So, like, you know, just, you know, going to Brooklyn and actually seeing reflector graffiti, and, like, you know, they did that everywhere. And so they yeah. definitely... Like, we're pushing it even before these last few weeks leading up to today. Right. So, and a lot of their pushes, I'm sorry, were really annoying. Yeah. Playing, <laughs> well, we're going to get into that a little. Playing quote-unquote secret shows as the reflectors. Oh, but you totally uh, bought it that one, right? Well, uh, yeah, you totally I mean, bought I it. Wa- I wanted to go to the show. Right, I mean, right. but I don't, I don't like that they did it at CMJ and stuff, but, I mean... I have, I don't know. I guess we'll get into this later, but like, eh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I sort of bought into it. And I was also very let down by the release, so. Yeah. And, and so that I think that's, I think that's sort of the, the, the thing that we're sort of here to talk about is, um, it, it, it came out today, um, and it, it, I guess a week ago there was a sort of, uh, embarrassing blowjob of a review, uh, from David Frick from Rolling Stone. That said this, comparing this to like Exile Main Street, uh, comparing it to basically every great album that has existed. And uh, that's like just, you know, not possible. Not, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you, you, you discover those things with age. So originally, just right out the bat, you knew something was up. Um, and then today just saw a flurry of um, people dropping reviews on the album that were less than favorable, some way less than favorable. Chris Richards of the Washington Post yeah. um, blew up the internet, I think, today. Uh, but, you know, and it, it wasn't a it wasn't a great written review, but it was, no. it was, it was an honest representation of what he felt. Um, and he's catching it from both sides, but uh, I uh, honestly sort of agree with him. So, like, as fans, I think we're, you know, we all came to this album, and I think I think is the consensus just before we go further that it was sort of a letdown. Is that? I, I think sort of would be underselling a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Madeline. Yeah, no, it's a pretty big letdown. But I also don't. I mean, I feel like this might just be the pattern for me with them. Like, I didn't like Neon Bible, so maybe for me, it's just going to be like an every other album type thing. Really? But what? this was like. Well, I, and I agree with you, Madeline. I, I actually never listened to Neon Bible. I don't like that album very much either. Huh. Yeah. It's my least favorite of the three before this one and I the, the interesting thing is like I didn't listen to Funeral when it first came out right. I don't I don't remember what grade I was in or anything but like so I listened to it 
I think after Neon Bible had even come out. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like I was there from the beginning, but so, even what, still. Was Neon Bible the first album you heard, or was it uh, Suburbs? No, I think Funeral was the, the first. Funeral was. Yeah, but I heard the first Arcade Fire song I ever heard was No Cars Go, which I believe is like a B side from Neon Bible. No, that's actually, uh, it was on the uh, first EP. And then it was wor- oh. re- it was reworked for uh, Neon Bible. Okay, right. Yeah, I knew it had a connection to Neon Bible. So that right. was the first song I ever heard, and then I listened first to Funeral, I'm pretty sure. Like, as a whole. You know, and I think that part of the, part of the issue here is not just attached to the size, but also getting into this fourth album space right here. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, part, of, part of, I guess, the issue I had with Neon Bible is I, it didn't feel as profound coming off of Funeral. And I absolutely loved Funeral when it came out. That was one yeah. of those albums that the first time I heard it, I had to start telling people about it. You know, one of those ones <laughs> yeah. that just jumps into your head really quickly. And Neon Bible didn't have that impact. And frankly, Suburbs didn't either. I ended up loving Suburbs, but that took a few listens. That was like, a like it for various, different, various reasons. Yeah, but, it's, it, but at this point, this album feels completely scattershot. Like, yeah. like they decided, well, we're big and we don't know what to say, so we're going to try out a whole bunch of different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think some of them work, but I think that most of them don't. And especially a lot of this, a lot of the, the dance beats and the electronic yeah. work that they try to get into here, that's, that's just not their sweet spot. That's mm-hmm. not where they play. Yeah. And it feels grafted on and it doesn't feel genuine. No, it, yeah. it, it, it it's a uh, it's a thing that um, it's it's sort of something we've been talking about a lot all year. Like it it doesn't this doesn't feel like genuine. Like they almost like they didn't have much to do with it. Like if they're if they're this like you can go two different directions. You can be completely uh, unself aware of what you're doing and what what your sweet spot is, right? Or you can see that and completely reject it. And it's like they didn't commit to both. I mean, this is a this is a double album. It is. It could be like thirty five minutes of, of decent material, um, and we're never ones here to like hate on somebody for trying. I mean, that that's ultimately, I think, what makes good music. But at the same time, there is the question of like, if you're at this level, do you have? a level of responsibility to, like, basically not fuck around in public. And I think that was sort of the gist of uh, Richard's review, is that he was saying, hey, you know, this is great. They do what they want, but they're being held up by, like, a nation or nations of music lovers as, like, you know, the musical Jesus, and this is what they give us. Well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to make a couple of points on that. Like, I don't think that they have any inherent responsibility, and I don't I don't think that they were quote unquote fucking around with this with this album. I just think that they it, it feel it feels to me like they just didn't know exactly what they wanted to say. They felt like we're bigger, we need to make a spectacle out of this, but we don't exactly know how to do it. So that's why you get these weird promo efforts, these half baked references to Kierkegaard. Like <laughs> it, it 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 kind of it's like a, it's the and their attempt at the classic reflections on fame and the world album yes. without but without sticking within what they know how to do and if you could look if you're going to reject what you've done before 
and you want to talk about a band that had quote unquote responsibility and rejected what it had done before. That's what Radiohead did when they put mm-hmm. out Kid A, and that worked because they did a 180 and they said, "Oh, you think we're going to save rock and roll? This is what we're doing instead." And they flipped the narrative. You want to see someone that did uh, that did that even more so, you know, Rip, but little album called Metal Machine Music. That's <laughs> that's how you turn the narrative around right there. Had, had to work Lou Reed into this. <laughs> yeah. It can't all be a hate fest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it is, again, it is like you were saying, this, this on the whole, it, it sort of feels like one of these, you know, taking on the world, taking on issues of fame and stuff. Uh, like, there's been a lot of comparison to these guys and you two. I honestly... I mean, I get the bombast of it, but I don't get it at all, really, in the sound. Um, and but if you're going to make that comparison, people are are, are um, comparing this to Octune Baby, but the the closer analog would be pop. Um, and you know, I heard Reflector like coming into this whole thing, and like if you play Discotech, um, which I can drop in underneath this, but if you play Discotech, like it's sort of the same thing. And it is where U2 was like, we're so big and we can't relate to anybody. Um, and it, it just didn't work. You know, they came out like dressed, you know, video dressed as uh, YMCA. You know, <laughs> with the edge as the cop. And like Bono as the Indian or something. Um, and this is what a lot of this feels like. I mean, they're, they've always been theatrical, but now like theatrics don't really have a, have a reason. I mean, there's no reason for them to do like this reflectors thing. They're arcade fire. They're the biggest fucking man in the world. Or dress up in the giant heads on Colbert. Yeah. I mean, you know, is um but uh before we get into I mean there and there are a lot of problems here that we need to get into. Um I think one that we agree works is the song We Exist. Is that, is that okay? It's alright. Alright, so so we'll check out We Exist here for a minute. So that, that's the uh, second track in the album. This um, that is closer to the, I, I think the I guess sound of Arcade Fire that we're all used to. Um, what really works for them, not necessarily the sweet spot. Uh, it's followed up by a song called Flashball Buys, which is just like, I mean, like 
are they that big to be writing that type of song? I mean, that's a direct like response to like fame and and everything. And it's like I just don't like. It, I mean, I guess I would know Win Butler walking down the street because he's like six foot seven. <laughs> but besides that, I wouldn't. Nobody would know who the fuck these people are. And so, if you know, they're writing like what's happening in their heads. You would know who he is. Yes. <laughs> would you? But. Yes. <laughs> Fangirl. All right. <laughs> um, well, I mean, if they were dressed like Arcade Fire normally dresses, sure. They have giant paper machine. I'm pretty sure on. I would. I'm pretty sure I would notice him regardless. But yes, that that okay. is a fangirl thing. Okay. <laughs> do we do we need to send a letter to win? <laughs> With hearts. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and it's like it just continues down. Uh, through this first, it's like we said, the album's divided into two parts. Uh, here comes the nighttime. Starts off and does this fake out that's neither exciting nor even interesting. Um, and uh, Paul's favorite uh, normal person, uh, which is Madeline's actual, like one of her favorites. Um, so what on that particular song, that's sort of a take. I don't know if that's, would you call that like talking heads-ish or... An attempt it's, at it? It's trying to be, but look, Arcade Fire has no bit of punk in it, Mm-mm. and so even when they try, when they try to do like smoother, more processed, you know, post-punk type stuff, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Like, and this just sounds terrible. That that's the song that I think sounds like sounds the most like they're trying way too way too hard and failing utterly. Yeah. And it, that's the one where he kicks it off. He says, "Like, uh, do you like rock and roll? I don't know if I do." I mean, <laughs> yeah, that part's so weird. It's so. Oh, you're so jaded, Win. Yeah. Um, but but you like that song. Why 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 is that? Well, I like. I feel like it's one of those songs that's closest to normal Arcade Fire. Mm-hmm. I don't like the intro. Because at first, like, when I first listened to it, I didn't even, real, like, recognize his voice, and I think it's just a stupid thing to, like, start your song with. And then the guitar really annoys me at certain points, mm-hmm. but overall, I feel like it's one of the closest, like, it's not as, like, disco as the other ones, and it feels a little bit more authentic than sort of three-quarters of the rest of the album. Yeah. It- and, and, like, based on the special that they did after Saturday Night Live that was one of the better songs yeah, like the better as a first impression it was like one of the better songs yeah and, and I don't think uh, uh, honestly I don't think anybody's doubting like if this tour comes through town like you'll go see it and, and they'll be great I mean, yeah there's you know um, and some of this material might even be great I would suspect um, it might be <clears> though <throat> like you they've transformed over into a big production stage show. I mean, there was always something of a production mm-hmm. with that many people anyway, but this is this is a stadium tour that they're trying to set up. I don't know if they can sustain that in terms of uh, ticket sales, but this is Verizon Center. This isn't 930 Club. You, you think it wouldn't even be at Merriweather? Maybe if they wait until next year when the weather's nice to come out, but if you're touring right after the album, yeah. they're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not starting their tour until like the spring. 
Oh, then it'll be all the outdoor venues, and they'll sell out Meriwether. But yeah, which they sold out Meriwether before. But they they, they might play Nissan though. Oh my god! Or I'm sorry, Jiffy Lube. <laughs> With um, I, maybe I, I like I can't help. Yeah, like I said, I, I can't help but feel like you said this is a, this is a play. It's a lot of like sort of what Blitz and Trapper did and it's, it's sort of why Blitz and Trapper failed. It's a play for the big leagues but the problem with Arcade Fire doing this is that they were already there. That and they feel they're compelled to say over and over in interviews of how much meaning this album has and how much they got it like a trip to Haiti and stuff and like a narrative story of how an album is made is great and that's interesting but all that has to somehow land in the content of the album. Yeah. And on this none of it lands. Yeah, where's where's the where's the yeah. trip to Haiti on this album? This isn't <laughs> this isn't Paul Simon being like, "Whoa, South Africa. Yeah. This is cool, you know." You this is some disco-y James Murphy production. This isn't Haiti. And and let's talk about that. Uh you know I have undying love for LCD sound system. Um I Question James Murphy a little bit outside of that. Um, I think we've talked about it before. Uh, his DJ sets, which I have seen, and I think you've seen, Madeline, yeah. are impossibly boring. And I mean, yeah, I don't like to dance, but that's certainly not convincing me to dance. Uh, and then I found like he actually produced the uh, Yeah Yeah Yes uh, album this year. Um, really? Yeah, which is another one I just didn't like. Well, there's a lot of good stuff on that album. Yeah, well, yeah, we covered that already. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, is that um, they bring James Murphy in as a producer, and um, he's certainly James Murphy as Reflector. It's questionable as the effects that he had on the whole of an album, but uh, do you think that his just his presence there had, like ultimately a negative effect on a band that is like to date sort of steered their own ship it, you know that might be the case but I think bringing in James Murphy even if he's not producing everything says something about the direction that you want the album to go it's not that his presence is infecting the right. album by sitting around it's if you're bringing him in then your idea of the album is mm -hmm. to do something that sounds like James Murphy yeah and so even if he's not got his hands into every song, and I th think that whatever they said, he probably had his hands in a lot of these songs, you're going for that sound. Yeah. Or you're going to end up with an album that sounds halfway like you have that sound, and then mm -hmm. a B-side that sounds like you don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, and, and also for them to be making like that, like a, a dance record at this point in the game, I mean, he's laughably late to the game. Like, laughably like this this is like and I I would say with you know I don't know like 99% certainly like when LCD shuttered their doors like that was the end like because they were the best at it uh, I think that many of the popular dance acts I think that I think they would, would beg to differ I think they would beg to differ but they're not you know shooting up the charts anymore it's 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 slowly dying. Again, I say they are. The the charts and the popular... Not popular with you. Right. Not popular necessarily <laughs> with our listener base. <laughs> but there's a reason that you hear a lot of people going for EDM. Well, no, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about EDM. Like, that's a whole different thing. I'm talking about, like, 
basically like rock acts that are aiming squarely at trying to grasp some of the dance demographic. Um, and uh, because there is some overlap, but the majority of the people um, that were would be into that type of stuff wouldn't necessarily go uh, to say U-Haul, you know, here in DC to see Moombaton stuff. You know, it's um, it's still sort of separate, even though EDM is basically the biggest thing in the land. Like, there's no question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this the infusion of that into rock, like making it like that. Um, I think he's been in decline since then. And I just think that nobody's been as big with it as LCV has, no. but it's everywhere. If you like listening to new releases, you hear it. It's just that most of it's oh, shit, and you listen oh, to it. Oh, I hear it. I hear it. It's just like, I don't want to listen to it. Um, and for Arcade Fire to, to sort of dip their foot in the pool at this point, it's just sort of like, I mean, did they come to be like, here's how it's done? You know, I mean, there's so many just weird, like, feelings. Yeah. Like around this album, like why, like what they're trying to do as a whole, it never comes together. Like it, I, I don't know what they're trying to say. It, it, every no song peaks, no song like there's no like moment you can like the transition um, into power out on funeral is still like epic and powerful and will move you like if you've heard it a thousand times. Uh, and there's there's nothing remotely close to that, um, and you know, in fact, like, uh, Win and Regine just had a kid. Like, I want that album. I want an album yeah. about them being parents. Like, what it's like to be. And this is just sort of like uh, we're superstars. Like, fuck off. <laughs> I mean. Whatever, do we want to do a second song here? Yeah, um, let's do a bad song. <laughs> you want to do Normal Person? Oh, second part of the Oh, no, that's not nice. Um, should we do, uh, should we do Normal Person? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's yeah, divisive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So divisive song. song. Strange as a normal person, as anyone is cruel. 
<laughs> Paul just shaking his head at that. Uh, we were actually listening to that song um, after the last podcast down here. It's like right when it leaked and talking about the guitar on that where it's just sort of like it's annoying. Like it, it doesn't work on the song. Uh, and, you know, nothing really works. Uh, and actually just hearing that recently, like I don't even think Talking Heads, there's nothing Talking Heads about this album. And there's, it's, it's like sort of gross that people would compare it to it. Um, it's not g- good, but you can see where they're trying to do that. That's that. That's all I mean when I say Talking Heads. On that is Talking Heads had 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 a, a a strong like rhythmic backbone to that, but more than that, and the musicians, especially David Byrne's voice, was able to play like in and out of those rhythms and work with them and become almost like a rhythmic instrument. And this is there's nothing there. No, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I would say something like uh, us and them or us v them, James like LCD sound system. That you could make it apt um, play for a well, talking head song, but yep. I just when I was looking at the comments for the reflector video mm-hmm. when that first came out, and so many people were like, "Oh yes, it sounds like LCD." It, I got really like I couldn't understand why we wanted RK Fire to be so much like LCD. Well, I just. LCD is gone, and LCD was good. I mean, that, yeah, yeah, but there's but, no reason. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. And I mean, I keep seeing all these comparisons beyond Talking Heads to like Bruce Springsteen and U2, and I guess I'm just not familiar enough with those artists. But I don't really see where that comes from well, either. Songs like "Keep the Car Running," I think, uh, and uh, "No Cars Go." Well, no, basically, "Keep the Car Running." Um, definitely harken back to some of like. Uh, Springsteen's like acoustic stuff. I think they're referring to more to like the chugging sound, uh, gotcha. where he just he just goes along. Um, the U two I I don't get except for the fact that they 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 try to play in the same arena. Um, yeah, you, I I haven't seen a lot of comps to them sonically for U two. I've seen a lot of comps for their size and the kind of. Uh, uh, stylistic shift that they're making. Well, on, on this one, on this one, yeah, they're they're saying much like Octoon Baby. I, mean, I guess it is just a stylistic shift, um, but uh, you know, at some point in that, you're sort of implying that sonically it's close. You know, all those records are in the same you know subset of stuff. Would you say or not? I. I don't know. The, the way I've taken those comparisons is just they sounded like one thing and they're moving towards, a, you know, mm-hmm. a dancier disco type sound right there. And you could say that there are common threads right there. But when folks say this sounds like pop or whatever, they or Octung Baby, I guess, is, is the one that people are using. Yeah. I don't think that. It's usually people saying this sounds like Octung Baby. It just sounds like the kind of shift they made. When they made Octoon Baby, you know it's a com- I, yeah. That's the comparison yeah. I see. I, I, I don't I don't think you stack the two up next to each other. It's which kind it, of which a career sound, shift. Which, yeah, which sounds like an uninformed com- comparison. I mean, I mean Octoon Baby was a shift, but it was it 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 was a radical. Um, I mean, even straight down to like the edges guitar tone was different. Like when when the video for the Fly came out. Uh, I remember it was actually a freshman in college and came on MTV and like people who were diehard YouTube fans saw that 
And it wasn't even because you didn't care about like fashion or anything back then. But it wasn't even like the fly glasses or anything. It was like, what the fuck is going on with the edge? Like this is aggressive guitar. What what is happening? The only time he'd done that was on Bullet the Blue Sky, and it still played into the like the typical like sound he had. Um, and there's none of that on this. I mean. You know, to be fair, I mean, this this all sounds like just throw everything up as loud as it can be, make a big noise, get in, get out. Well, I, I don't know about you guys, but I think we've kind of bashed on this yeah. enough. So let's say good things. Okay. What what good things do we have? Madeline, good things. Mm. Um, I'm struggling to find good things to say, which is really upsetting. But I guess really the most positive thing I have to say at this point is that Reflector has come to be my favorite, which I was not expecting because I didn't like it when it first came out. Um, and I think it's it's probably one of the strongest songs on either side of the album, and so I think it's a good song to start with, although I don't think it kept up the momentum. Um, so that's kind of the most positive thing I have to say at this point. Maybe you guys will give me more ideas, but I'm just, my heart is really hurting right now. Because wow. <laughs> Madeline dropping the backhanded compliments there. Yes. I didn't like Reflector, but now I think it's one of the best songs on the album. Yeah. Because we talked about this on the uh, same setup, Janelle Monet podcast. We were like, Reflector. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, the, you know, right now the only thing good I can say about it is I, I cannot fold a band for trying. Like, it really, I mean, that, there, there's... It, it, where it gets problematic for me with any band is how seriously they take it. If if they come out and just rock everybody's faces live, that's what they're supposed to do. They're, they're musicians. They're supposed to. But if they at least have a sense of humor about it, be like, oh, yeah, that didn't really work. So that'll be okay. But if if they can, they buy into the fricks and like the other like. Reviews that are holding up, like putting up against like London Calling, you know, XL on Main Street and stuff. Like, honestly, I'll be done with this band because, like, there's no chance that they will produce anything worth listening to again. It, well, I guess. Oh, strong statements. No, it, it but it, it's because, like, if they can't look at this and just be like, you know what, this, we just missed the mark, you know? And you critic saying that this is as good as XL on Main Street are sort of full of shit. Well, they're not going to say that. But they should, though. No. <laughs> I mean, being inside your own artwork, do you think that you're ever going to be making something this big? You're going to go out there and say, whoa, guys, this thing that we not only liked, but we liked enough to make a double album and promote like this and have be our follow-up to our big album. <clears throat> we actually don't agree with you and you say it's great. Even if they weren't contractually obligated to not say that, they wouldn't say that. Maybe. It'd be refreshing if they did. But, <laughs> l- like a nice sprite. <laughs> anyway, the only good things I really have to say about it are, if you split this into two albums, I could trash the first part, and the second part and the second album would be listenable. I like the way it closes. I like, you know, I like that twist did, from did porn. You, did you listen to the the hidden track, though? I guess it's not on audio. 
Is it the? It's, is it at the end of the eleven minute supersymmetry there? I think so. Because when it went silent, I just kind of turned it off. Yeah, it, it's, well, I think it might be in the end of the first side, but it's basically like ten minutes of the album backwards. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, so they're calling Satan or something? Double douche. But anyway, <laughs> porno afterlife supersymmetry, I think, are solid. Like that's a good solid way to end it. I actually like awful sound but i hate the next song and it transitions right into the next song they're kind of a dyad so yeah, uh it ruins it a little bit but anyway it, I, it, if, it, if it was just part two it would still be my least favorite arcade fire album but i would not be as down on that as i yeah am. yeah i think I mean, they can could, i yeah go ahead metal i just i want to ask what about awful sound you like so much I don't know. It was it was just I was listening to it, and after the first part of the album, I really didn't want to listen to the album anymore um, on any of my listens, and that kind of saved me from just turning it off. It came on, and I was like, "All right, this kind of works. You're uh, you're doing something right." And then we go into the next song, and it's one of the worst songs on the album. Yeah, I mean, which is. No way. <laughs> it's even funny. There was a comment uh, in another Rolling Stone interview where uh, uh, Win Butler said that they spend more time uh, sequencing an album than most yeah. fans like spend making it. <laughs> it's just like, really? <laughs> Maybe you should spend more time thinking about the album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I think I could totally see how that was the case with every other album, but I don't, I just don't. I feel bad that, like, they put so much investment into it and, like, you know, hyped it up so much. And, like, they're... Do, do you think, I don't know? feel bad. They're making all the dollars. They are making all the dollars. Do you think, though, like, that was... maybe they put... I mean, Paul contends that they'll never, like, even admit to themselves, or maybe they will, but that they put all that effort into it because they suspected that, like, oh, it wasn't as really what they wanted it to be. And then... Because, I mean, no, they, they have a huge cachet. I would I would maybe think that if the record was made and put out a lot quicker, but they spent so much time. Like it's been three years since they last since their last one, and they they themselves say how much time they spent on it. And they're not a band to like rush through something. So I don't think that they would have put something out that they didn't feel was the best that they could do. And so right, but a lot of this discussion that they've had in the press has been like about like their process and how much time they put into it. And I mean, it could sort of be a deflection or a reflection. If oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess so, but maybe if this was their first album they would, and they were saying that, I would, I would agree with you, but I think this is not uncommon for Arcade Fire to spend so much time. And maybe the fact that they are talking about it is exactly as you're saying, like, they want to add more gusto behind it and be like look we spent three years making this it's awesome like don't try not to think too much about how it really is not the best that we could do right 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 um but I don't know one thing that like I just want to say is that I don't I don't like how many themes are kind of going on here because like in the press they kept pushing the Haiti aspect and how they were so moved but then you have songs like Oh Eurydice and Oh Orpheus, which are not like related to Haiti at all. That's Greek and like mythology type stuff. And I just, I feel like if they would have stuck to 
the Haiti thing and like gone a little bit more I, in that direction, it though, would have been uh, different. Paul could answer this. Black Orpheus is a film. It is, but uh, is that is that a Haitian film? No, 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 not at all. But that's that's what that is. He's actually uh, Wynn Butler said that he's pulling from Black Orpheus, and that's actually the video behind the leak. Uh, when they leaked it, they they posted yeah. it behind the film. So, yeah, he's pulling from mythology and Kierkegaard yeah. and Orpheus and speaking French, it's all, and it's and it's Joan of Arc. Yeah, it's 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 all sort of dorm room bullshit. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, well, <laughs> you, you like that? No, it's, it's whatever. It's fine for a band that's in college. Yeah, no, that yeah, that's the thing. It's fine for a bunch of philosophy majors who are. I realize, I realize. You know what I want? I want the baby album. Well, you know I, what? I want. I, a, I want a song cycle about Wynn and Regine raising their kids. So you want the Walkman's last album? Ah, <laughs> oh boy! Damn! I say Walkman and I sneeze. <laughs> wow. I think I think a baby album would have been more in line with like the sort of life things that they address. Like, yeah, as you said, funeral is about yeah, death. Yeah, yeah. The suburbs is about you know like a family living in the suburbs and like so something about a baby and being parents and like kind of taking funeral from their parental perspective would have been cool. Yeah, and. But I mean, Regine is from Haiti, so like they do have ties to it. But it's just. Yeah, but again, like we said earlier, like they they don't end up really anywhere in this album. Right. Um, yeah. I, that's kind of what I'm trying to say with like the fact that I feel that this thematically, this album is all over the place. And like, if they were so moved by Haiti and that's where they wanted this album to go, then they should have stuck with that more. And maybe had a Haitian producer and not James yep. Murphy. Yeah. But they are taking they are taking Haitian drummers on tour, so I don't doubt that these songs are gonna sound really cool live. And I, I mean, their show will be as great as ever. But I still, I'm trying to like when I do see them, I want to keep in mind the fact that this album, as it stands on its own, is not that great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think out of context, they'll. I mean, there are songs like um, that will work. Obviously, Reflector will work. Um, the back half that you like, Paul, probably won't work. No, no, no that's, that's not a concert. <laughs> like, um, but they'll play it, and um, you know, it'll be. Uh, I think, uh, hopefully, on the road though, it'll be like business as usual, and then you just sort of move on, and, and they have a reaction to this, and you know, maybe get Chris Richards to give him notes on the next album. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, no, about Lincoln Park's new album. <laughs> <laughs> that's the next podcaster, um, <laughs> or whatever we're doing right now. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think I think the consensus is it is not even a uh, necessary ambitious mess. It's just sort of a mess, um, which is disappointing from a band that uh, we all have grown to love. Of their earlier material, uh, but you know it happens, and uh, you know at the end of the day, you should like pretty much decide for yourself. There are a lot of people that love this shit. Um, don't come to my house, <laughs> or Paul's or Madeline's because they might like tell you to leave. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Arcade Fire, we're sorry. I'm not that sorry. All right. <laughs> I'm very sorry. But I think that's in lieu of our regular ratings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. New rating system for these things. Like, I'm sorry. Paul's not sorry. Madeline's very sorry. <laughs> Alright, uh, we will pick up the next uh, official <laughs> <laughs>